The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we have a guest who is no stranger to challenging the status quo and pushing the boundaries of conventional wisdom. Dr. Judy Wood, a former professor of mechanical engineering, researcher, and critical thinker, joins us to delve into topics that are not just controversial, but also immensely important for our times. Dr. Wood is also the author of the seminal book titled, Where Did the Towers Go? Evidence of Directed Free Energy Technology on 9-11. We'll focus on three key areas, free energy, weather control, and the cultivation of critical thinking. She argues that understanding these subjects is more crucial now than ever, especially as we navigate through an era marked by disinformation and fear. Fear, according to Dr. Wood, is a tool often used to manipulate public perception. Whether it's the aftermath of 9-11s, the JFK assassination, or the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, fear plays a significant role in shaping our understanding of these events. Dr. Wood posits that there are always three narratives surrounding any significant incident. The official story, the official conspiracy theory, and the truth. The powers that be, or as she calls them, the crew, are content with the public squabbling over the first two as it distracts from the pursuit of the third, the truth. For instance, in the case of 9-11, while most debates focus on whether it was an inside job or an act of terrorism, Dr. Wood suggests that the real questions we should be asking are far more fundamental. Why is there a lack of sufficient debris? What about the absence of an appropriate seismic signal? These questions challenge not just the official story, but also popular conspiracy theories, directing us towards a third narrative that is often overlooked. Similarly, when it comes to phenomena like chemtrails or the recent wildfires, Dr. Wood urges us to look beyond the mainstream explanations and question what's really happening. Is it merely climate change or is there something more? Something that's being deliberately kept from public scrutiny. Dr. Wood also touches upon the dumbing down of our civilization. From the removal of civics classes that once taught the importance of civic responsibility to the disinformation surrounding CO2 emissions and even the complexities of gender issues in sports. So, buckle up as we prepare to go down the rabbit hole with Dr. Judy Wood. It's time to break free from the chains of conventional narratives and embark on a quest for the truth. Stay tuned. This is one episode you won't want to miss. Welcome to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To access tonight's full interview and all of our exclusive material, simply join the Veritas Plus family by clicking on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Veritas store for a range of great products, including Focused Life Force Energy. Experience the power of FLFE with a 15-day free trial today. No credit card required. We're excited to announce the launch of our brand new Veritas Plus Insider, your source for exclusive news and insights you won't find anywhere else. If you're looking to get in touch with Mel, have a guest suggestion, or would like to provide feedback, simply click on the contact button on our website. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's show. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. And directly from somewhere in the United States... 
I would like to welcome my good friend, Dr. Judy Wood. And by the way, her website are drjudywood.com and wheredidthetowersgo.com. Judy, welcome. How are you? Um, okay. Get, getting wet now. That tells you where, where in the United States I am, someplace in the uh, southeast. <laughs> well, you have uh, Idalia, the new hurricane, heading your way. They, they, what do you think of that hurricane? Uh, who knows? They, they, what, what was interesting is before they, the hurricane season started, they, they uh, predicted there'd be lots of hurricanes this year. Well, I was laughing because, you know, as of this recording, the media is saying that Hurricane Adelia is a once-in-a-lifetime event. By the well, way, it's moving, is- you, know, you know, two hurricanes have landed on that area, I believe, in 172 years. Once again, they're pulling the climate change card once in a lifetime. What do you think about yeah, that? Well, Florida, the statement I've always heard about why Florida is better than um, California. In California, you don't know when you're going to get hit by an earthquake. But in Florida, you know you're going to get, you know, there's going to be uh, hurricanes and you get some forewarning. <laughs> so that you pick pick the disaster of your choice. You know, but, I, <clears throat> I grew up in the Caribbean and I remember in 1979, uh, Hurricane David and Hurricane Federico. One came after oh. the other. The first one was a Category 5. It was, uh, I believe, 175 mile per hour. And then Federico came, Category 4, 125. And they never said, oh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime. And then I moved to Florida. And then in 1992, I had a Cat 5 uh, Hurricane Andrew. And these were much more intense than Idalia. And they call it a once-in-a-lifetime event. Why is it that the, now when you watch the news, if you ever do, and you look at the meteorologists behind them years ago, the temperatures were much higher, and it was normal in the summer. Now, maybe even 10 degrees less, and they have it all red, like fire, like mm-hmm. trying to you know put fear into you. Well, I remember when there was that, um, the Katrina. I, before then, I was thinking that they're going to have some kind of nuclear uh, power plant disaster. But I, I sensed something was coming. And then when they announced they were worried about the levees going with this uh, hurricane that was approaching the coast, I thought, oh, good, we're not going to have a nuclear disaster. <laughs> I, knew that, I knew that the Katrina was it because the year before, they had three Category uh, 4 or 5 hurricanes go through there, and they never once worried about levees going. So it's you know they're, they tell you what they're, what's going to happen so they don't leave uh, your interpretation up to chance. Well, you know that a lot of people have been sending me emails for the past couple of weeks. And they're saying, uh, you bringing Dr. Judy Wood back? And I know what they're saying, that. Because they're looking at Maui. They're looking at these melted cars, melted aluminum, melted glass. And they're thinking of you. Because a lot of people are talking about do, and I'm talking about D-E-W now, which is not a new term. We've been discussing this forever. And you, since probably 2001. But to a lot of people, it's like in the vernacular now. Do you think that they use this technology in these events in Paradise, California, and Maui? Probably not. Uh, my reason for that is, you know, with, with each one of these events, there's, there's three things. The official story, the official conspiracy theory, and the third thing is the truth. 
They don't want you to look at the truth. So, you know, they, they have somebody throwing some bait out there to get encourage people to go for the official conspiracy theory. Do. <clears throat> and if you look at the evidence on the, on the uh, Maui thing, in fact, there's some people there. Uh, apparently, um, you know, those in that small town, there's old houses. They're tinderboxes. They're really dry wood. And so um, you have some arsonists around, and you can get fires going really easily, especially when you have a hurricane nearby. They had a hurricane passing through some distance south of, of Hawaii. And I know from Hurricane Ian last fall, uh, my sister's in Florida, and the hurricane was going by there, but just north of her. But you know, I'm 450 miles from there, and I, I think I had worse winds than she had. And it, then it was explained to me on you know the big side of the um, uh, hurricane is much worse than the other side. Yeah, and then the hurricane looped around and came back in. It was like nothing <clears throat> when when I was on the other side of it. But um, the big uh, hurricane that went south of of uh, Maui. Dora. Dora. Yeah, uh, it, that could easily uh, kick up. 80 or 90 mile an hour winds. Okay. If you want to start a fire in your fireplace, don't you blow on it to get it going? But let me ask you this, because we all remember Hurricane. Yeah. Do you you remember? You've started fires before. Campfires, you blow on it to get it going? Yeah. So imagine if you have 80 or 90 mile per hour wind. And then uh, whoever, you know, however the fire gets started, whether it's arson or whatnot, there, there have been reports of arson. They have problems with that. Um, Ed Dowd said something about that too. Um, he thinks the ones in the main part of Maui are, are might be more uh, uh, arson, but the other ones they had power lines, live power lines on the ground before the thing started. It was like ready to go. But let me ask you because we all remember Hurricane Aaron. I mean, those of us who paid attention oh, yeah. to you, yep. and now we have this. That hurricane in 9-11 was parked there for a few days, and now we have this one coming in the south. If Let's let's just pretend. I know that you're saying no dues here, but if they are able to take yeah, this hurricane. How, how they do it, but yes. obviously if you look at Hurricane Aaron aiming towards Manhattan uh, you know, for four days, and it's a Category 3, and it's making a beeline to Manhattan, to New York City, and how fast can you evacuate those people? Right. And, and they claim that they, you know, uh, they can't, uh, they don't know where hurricanes are going to go, like with uh, Hurricane Rita and so forth. And so they they had uh, cleared out Houston and Galveston and had voluntary evacuations before it comes mandatory evacuations. Okay, why didn't they do that in, in Manhattan? You know, people who were totally unaware you know, you're hoping the thing's going to turn around, but it hasn't yet, and it's right off the, the end of Long Island. And if it keeps going or if it stays there a few hours more, uh, the storm surge is going to be horrendous and um, there's going to be a big problem. <laughs> but it, it, how can they be 100% sure the hurricane isn't going to hit New York City? Why do you think they, they, they didn't alert the people just like they didn't alert the people now? No sirens, no warning. Children were, oh, were sent about, home. Okay, you're you're talking to about uh, Maui. I, I was talking about— No, um, both. Oh, no, I know well, you're talking about New York, the, yes. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, it, it was like they were 100% sure the hurricane wasn't going to be there. 
And there's only one reason I can think of they would be 100% sure, enough to not even mention it. Uh, and that's that they have some sort of control over it. There you go. That, that's the only conclusion you can come to. I, I, you know, I don't have absolute proof of that, but it's the only thing um, that you can conclude when you have for four days, you have a hurricane making a beeline to New York City. And it stops. So the outer bands were over the end of Long Island. That's pretty close. Well, let me ask you this. It. Glass melts around 1,400 to 1,600 degrees Celsius or 25 mm -hmm. to 2,900 degrees Fahrenheit. Aluminum melts at 1,220 degrees or 660 degrees Celsius. The forest fires, flame temperature is between 800 and 1,200 or 1,472 and 2,190 degrees Fahrenheit. So if that's the case, how are these fires able to melt glass and aluminum? Well, it, it, you're thinking of, uh, you know, campfires, what temperatures they, they go at. Um, this had other things going on, like um, uh, diesel tanks, propane tanks, various things were, and that's why cars were exploding, because it, it cooked their gas tank and they, they, they blow up. And so uh, that burns a whole lot hotter, too. But the reason why the houses w were burned and the trees weren't, uh, trees grow on the outside. And that's fresh, you know, uh, wood with water in it. But the houses, are what some are, they, they said, are 150 years old. But they're dry. They're real dry. And they're going to be like a tinderbox and go up and, and smoke a lot faster than the trees are. <clears throat> There's there's a, various other issues there, but but I think the biggest problem with it all was, yeah, it, no warning siren. Then they blocked the road to block the people in. Yeah, they shut off the water. I understand they shut the water off because they didn't want the the, the uh, environmentalists didn't want to waste water on on firefighting. Equity, that, they call it equity. Yeah, uh, that, that's when you know. It's like a design disaster. It doesn't matter how they they got it started, but managing it was the incompetence, whether it was designed or otherwise, or you know, or, or it came naturally. The, the incompetence is really on the rise in a big way. I don't want to spend the whole show discussing this, but I thought it was important to, to begin with, and just, just mm -hmm. a few more minutes. When I started researching the Maui fires, I was told that. About 1,000 people were missing, but I'm now told 2,100 children are missing. And as we said, no warning, no sirens, no water. Children were told to stay home. They didn't go to school. They were told to stay or, or return home Returned due home. to the winds. Electricity was not turned off by the utility company, even though high winds and fire were taking place. Police blocked exits. Now they're placing not barricades, Judy, but they're erecting a black fence where you can't see the scene of the crime and they, you know, there's an information embargo. They have the National Guard, and I'm told some kind of a, an international police force is present in Lahaina. A FEMA is there uh, blocking people from, from telling the news. From your perspective, after decades of being a, a keen observer of major events, what are, you re what are your real thoughts on what happened in um, that way? Yeah, the, the issue with uh, keeping people out um, is, okay, do we have looters coming in? Uh, you know, trying to go over dead bodies and pull their gold teeth out. You know, it, it, this you want to be able to identify bodies and locate where they are and and, and whatnot. I, I I don't have as much of a problem with that as I do 
with um, you know blocking the road. And there were some people who said that uh, you know they said they're supposed to stop here, and they just went around. They said if you didn't obey, you lived. <laughs> if you didn't obey the the uh, law enforcement, you you lived. And that's that. And it kind of reminds us another thing, like in um, uh, Tower Two, people were told to go back to their offices right. and not leave the building. It's almost as if they want more people to go into the flames so that there's more dead to say, oh, climate change. Look at how many people died. Yeah. The, the climate change garbage is, is really nauseating. But, yeah, the climate always changes. It, it, it changes every, you know, fall and winter and spring. You know, <laughs> it, it, they, uh, they really ham it up. Like, it, like in um, Los Angeles – that Hurricane uh, Hillary, it, they, they closed down schools and all, and, and I don't even think they got any rain in Los Angeles. No, they didn't. I have properties in Mexico that suffered a, a bit from it, as it, it was on the uh, way to but, California. Yep. But but uh, they, they ham it up, and so much of it is just hamming it up. And that, that makes you wonder why they didn't ham up uh, Hurricane Aaron, because it's, it's, it's like they're drooling over, you know, weather events to show on TV. Well, they didn't want to distract the people paying attention to the hurricane as opposed to the towers turned to dust. They didn't, they didn't want to leave town. Right. <laughs> they wanted to have an audience and sit in front of their TV sets. Exactly. Now, they, what, you know, traumatizing let me, people. Let me ask you this about the, the these fences. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're tall black fences that they're erecting for miles and miles in Maui, in Lahaina, around the, the whole area. That takes time. That takes resources. A lot of the people that are contacting me from that area are saying, we're not getting any help at all. But they have yeah, these that, people erecting all these fences. Yeah, that's that's horrible. That's, that's you know, downright horrible. And um, especially, the, I've heard some of the people from, from that town talking about all the money going to um, uh, uh, Ukraine. Yes, yeah, exactly. For, Explain to that. Protect, to, to protect Ukraine's borders. So $700 per household. That's it. That's all you get, folks, in, in, in Lahaina. But Zelensky is saying, hey, you want us to have an election? Give us more billions. Yeah, and I've got a real problem with the, uh, you know, the, the southern border, too. I've, I've wondered if um, uh, partly why they want to people coming in from outside the U.S. They don't have, um, they, they, they don't know the neighborhood. They're not part of the community. And so they're more likely to carry out orders. Not only that, but it's a lot of uh, men of fighting yep. age. Yeah, it's, it's definitely by design. And so it's think, like they're giving away this country. Do you think that a lot of these people, and I'm not saying that all immigrants are bad, come on now, but a lot of these people, you see the lines and they're all, Young, fighting-age men, if they're told, hey, by the way, we're going to give you a new life, we're going to give you money, we're going to give you $2,400 a month, a cell phone, a place to live, maybe even a job, when somebody who has been working for 30, 40 years gets an average of $1,400 a month after putting all that money into Mm -hmm. Social Security. I don't mean to get political here, but this is just blatantly unfair. Yeah, well, they don't don't, uh, give them shots either. That's right. Across the border. Yeah. Um, there's uh, 
Uh, remember uh, Yuri Bezmenov, who got interviewed by uh, G. Edward Griffin? Absolutely. Um, the various stages. It, recently, there was an interview with uh, G. Edward Griffin. He didn't get the stages right. Uh, he thought, you know, we were in the stage of normalization. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.